0: Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 81 of The Weekly List podcast, which accompanies week 164 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended January 4th, 2020. Welcome, and welcome to the year 2020. I'm a day late in doing this podcast. I was up in New Hampshire working on the Democratic primary. This is my third presidential primary doing so. And I have to just note as we start the podcast, how different it was this time. In 2008 and 2016, voters wanted to talk about issues where we stood on gun control or health care or the economy. This time, everybody was concerned about Trump and what he has done to our democracy and the pending war that he's potentially started this week. And that's what I want to open up with. one thing that I have warned throughout the time of doing this list is that there were two things Trump cared about. One was making money and the other was staying in power and that he would do anything to stay in power. And as we get to the point where impeachment has passed, Congress next week or will be coming back into session there's talk about Senate impeachment hearing there's more news that's come out this week and in the last couple of weeks that's more damning for him I've always been concerned that he would do something spectacular to change the subject and lo and behold this week we have that when Trump assassinated one of Iran's top general or his the top general Soleimani. Decision he made while vacationing in Mar-a-Lago unilaterally, as usual. It was Trump's decision. Um, We're going to talk about this week, a lot of other reporting that came out. And I had thought as we started out the week that similar to last week, it might be a slow week as it was a vacation week and it was New Year's holiday this week and Congress was out of session But nope, as luck would have it, things escalated this week. We had another hectic, crazy week. Welcome back to the chaos of life under Trump. So I'm going to get into it now, and I'm opening up with just some sort of year-end bookmarks to put some perspective into how things are as we listen to this in history in the future and try to remember what it felt like at this time. On Monday, the Washington Post reported that during Trump's first 1,075 days in office, he has visited a Trump property on 331 of those days or 20, excuse me, 31% of the time. That's almost one in three days in office. Trump has dubbed his property Mar-a-Lago as the quote, Southern White House, which has all sorts of connotations to it. On Tuesday, CNN reported Trump closed out 2019 with a round of golf. During 2019, he spent one in every five days at a Trump golf course, a total of 86 days. Trump, who criticized Obama for golfing while Obama was in office, tweeting in 2015, quote, I mean, he's played more golf than most people on the PGA tour. Trump has golfed 251 days so far in his first three years. Obama golfed three hundred and thirty three rounds in eight years. And now we're going to get into the Handmaid's Tale in America in 2020. On Thursday, 39 Republican senators and one hundred and sixty eight representatives signed a friend of the court amicus brief asking the Supreme Court to reconsider Roe v. Wade. Yes, again, this is 2020 that we're doing this as part of a Louisiana abortion access law due to be heard in March. On Friday, the Trump regime joined, too, filing a brief asking the Supreme Court to allow Louisiana law to go into effect, arguing it does not post an unconstitutional burden. So you can see how all the little cuts and nicks we've been detailing in the weekly list of these cases that seemed at the time untenable and they would never be passed and they were not law and they were against Roe v. Wade. One of them made its way up to the Supreme Court, which is exactly what they've been hoping for and this would put a serious nick into the whole idea of freedom of choice for women if this were to pass in the Supreme Court which Trump as we've noted has now put two Supreme Court appointees onto the bench now onto the economy on Tuesday NPR reported aid to farmers ballooned in 2019 to over 22 billion up from 13 billion in 2018 Of that $22 billion, $14 billion was compensation for Trump's trade wars. The level this year is the highest level of aid to farmers in over 14 years. On Friday, like that story, the Institute for Supply Management said its manufacturing index fell in December to its lowest level since June 2009. Global trade remains the most significant issue due to Trump's trade wars, both of these issues, or issues relating to the trade wars. On Saturday, AP reported there were more killings in the United States in 2019 than in any year, dating back to at least the 1970s. Of the 41 mass killings, 33 were mass shootings. More than 210 people were killed. On Friday, a report by the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism found anti-Semitic hate in New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago, the country's three largest cities, are poised to hit an 18-year peak. New York City had 229 anti-Semitic hate crimes, a modern city record. The Anti-Defamation League noted conspiracy theories on the fringes 20 years ago have reached the mainstream now through cable TV and social media, as we all know. Okay, so that's sort of background news as we go into the week of sort of the big picture stuff that happened during the year. Now we started out this week on Saturday with five members of an ultra-Orthodox Hasidic Jewish congregation in Muncie, New York, a suburb outside New York City, were stabbed with a machete-type knife while celebrating the seventh night of Hanukkah at their rabbi's home. The incident marks the latest in a string of 13 anti-Semitic attacks in New York, New Jersey region in recent months including nine in New York City. Governor Andrew Cuomo called it an act of domestic terrorism. Governor Cuomo also said it was endemic of, quote, an American cancer on the body politic, adding, this is violence spurred by hate. The Simon Wiesenthal Center called on Trump to have an FBI, to have the FBI create a special task force on the rise in anti-Semitism. On Sunday, a gunman killed two worshipers attending services at West Freeway Church of Christ in White Settlement, Texas, before the church's security team fatally shot him. On Sunday, Trump continued his attacks. All this is going on on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. So again, we have these two killings. Well, we have a killing in Texas. We have a uh, five people attacked, celebrating at the rabbi's house on Hanukkah. On Saturday night, and how does Trump open Sunday, on Sunday, Trump continued his attacks on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, again, quoting a conspiracy theory tweet about her son being involved in a Ukraine corruption scandal and adding, quote, any answers, Nancy. Trump also tweeted a video of scenes of homelessness in San Francisco and added, quote, crazy Nancy Pelosi should spend more time in her decaying city and less time on the impeachment hoax. Four hours later, Trump finally tweeted about the Monsi attack, calling it horrific and adding we must all come together to fight, confront and eradicate the evil Scrooge of anti-Semitism, which when you see stuff like that, you know he didn't write it. Some Democrats urged Trump to do more, saying he has insufficiently denounced anti-Semitism despite a spike in hate crimes and has frequently perpetuated offensive stereotypes about Jewish people. On Monday, Trump tweeted finally a day later also about the church shooting, but instead of what you would expect, he said, quote, it was over in six seconds. Thanks to the brave parishioners who acted, lives were saved by those heroes and Texas laws, allowing them to carry arms. On Saturday, Trump also quoted a tweet about former FBI director James Comey and added, quote, a dirty cop at the highest level scum. On Monday, in an op-ed, Comey urged, quote, we need to fight through our fatigue and contempt, calling Trump a, quote, shrunken, withered figure and noting, quote, the danger he poses to our nation and its values. On Sunday, Ivanka Trump told Face the Nation she may leave the White House if Trump is reelected, saying her decision will be driven first and foremost by my kids and their happiness. When asked about the migrant children being separated from their parents at the border, Ivanka said, quote, immigration is not part of my portfolio, obviously, adding, quote, I think everyone should be engaged. Oh, nice. On Wednesday, Trump named Ivanka and Jared to be included in the presidential delegation to Davos in late January. Critics continued to raise concern about the family's role in shaping foreign and financial policy. On Sunday, the Daily Beast reported Republican lawmakers are staring clear of information from Rudy Giuliani that he collected on his recent trip to Ukraine and are distancing themselves from him ahead of the impeachment trial. Senator Lindsey Graham cautioned Giuliani to have the U.S. intelligence agencies scrub the information he gathered, quote, to make sure it's not Trump, Russian propaganda, adding, quote, I'm very suspicious of what the Russians are up to all over the world. Oddly, Graham has never been suspicious when Trump spreads Russian propaganda or when he spreads himself Russian propaganda. On Sunday, the Kremlin posted a readout of a call between, guess who, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Trump. Per the readout, Putin thanked Trump for information that, quote, helped thwart terrorist acts in Russia. The Kremlin readout also said the two discussed areas, excuse me, issues of mutual interest and agreed, quote, to continue bilateral cooperation in combating terrorism. The White House has yet to release a readout, as has happened prior. This has been a pattern of us learning about calls between these two from Russian state media or a Kremlin readout, as in the case here. On Monday, the White House finally, the next day, released their statement uh, of that call with Putin, They say Putin thanked Trump and called to discuss counterterrorism cooperation and future efforts to support effective arms control. On Tuesday, Trump tweeted Putin, quote, called to thank me and the U.S. for lives, for informing them on a planned terrorist attack, saying many lives were saved and, quote, great and important coordination. Details of that attack were unclear. On Sunday, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who has been indicted on three corruption cases, said, quote, immunity isn't against democracy. Immunity is a cornerstone of democracy. Who does that sound like? On Wednesday, Netanyahu announced he would ask Knesset for immunity from the three charges while serving in office. The request would put the political establishment against the legal system ahead of the election. On Sunday, the New York Times reported Half a million children have been separated from their families in China by government authorities intent on instilling their loyalty to the Communist Party over Islam. Now, this was an important bombshell this week on information. There were several bombshells we're going to talk about relating to uh, the pending impeachment on Trump Ukraine. On Sunday, the New York Times provided a full account of the 84 days of conflict and confusion behind the Ukraine frozen aid based on dozens of interviews, previously undisclosed emails and documents, and reviews of testimony. The New York Times reported Trump's demand to withhold aid went on a separate track from Giuliani's efforts for investigations, sending shockwaves through the White House and the Pentagon, and caused rifts in senior ranks. The first hold came on June 19th when national security aide Robert Blair called Russell Voigt, the acting head of the OMB, and asked and said Trump had a problem with the aid and stated, we need to hold it up. Again, that's June 19th. Given Congress appropriated $391 million of aid by September 30th, four top appointees helped acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney with the hold. Those four were Voigt, Blair, Michael Duffy, and Mark Paoletto, who is OMB's top lawyer. On June 19th, Duffy told career OMB official Mark Sandy to attach a footnote to a routine budget document saying the aid was being temporarily withheld. Sandy had never done this before in his 12 years working at OMB. On June 27th, Mulvaney emailed Blair asking, quote, Did we ever find out about the money for Ukraine and when we can and whether we can hold it back? Blair said, Would be possible, but pretty much expect Congress to become unhinged. On July 18th, a group of top officials meeting on Ukraine learned from an OMB official that Trump had ordered the hold. That day, the House Foreign Affairs Committee received four calls warning them of the hold. This is July 18th now. July 25th, we know what happens that day. Also, the Pentagon learned of the hold based on Duffy's email sent 90 minutes after Trump's call. And officials were concerned, given Ukraine had seized a Russian tanker, which could lead to an escalation. Sandy received a go-ahead from the OMB lawyers to make a, quote, brief pause official by inserting a footnote into the budget document, prohibiting the Pentagon from spending any of the aid until August 5th. In late July, Sandy's authority to oversee the aid freeze was removed and given to political appointee Duffy two OMB staffers resigned. Frustrated Pentagon officials were kept in the dark on the reason for the freeze. Pentagon budget official Elaine McCusker told OMB $61 million of the money needed to be spent by August 12th or it would be lost. OMB officials came to the consensus on a legal rationale, but it was a, quote, POTUS-level decision. Malvany worked to schedule a conference call With Trump and Voigt, and then NSA John Bolton and White House counsel Pat Cipleone on August 12th at Trump's Bedminster Club where he was golfing. But the call did not happen. Mulvaney later later reached Trump and aid was kept on hold as OMB lawyers determined McCusker had inaccurately raised alarms. On the same day, the whistleblower submitted their complaint. In late summer, OMB officials, along with the White House and DOJ, came up with a rationale for the hold in aid, saying that lifting it would undermine Trump's negotiating position in his efforts to fight corruption in Ukraine. On August 28th, Politico published a story on Ukrainian aid being frozen. Trump denied to Senator Ron Johnson the freeze was related to investigations days later. He also learned of the whistleblower complaint in late August. In late August, Defense Secretary Mark Esper, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and Bolton met with Trump in the Oval Office to explain that releasing the aid was in the interests of the U.S. Senators Johnson and Rob Portman pushed Trump to release the aid, including a September 11th call from Portman. On September 9th, the chairs of three House committees said they would open an investigation. On September 10th, the day before Trump released the aid, Duffy said in an email to McCusker, the Pentagon had the authority to do more to release aid by the deadline. She replied, quote, You can't be serious. I am speechless. So that was the story by The New York Times. Now, after that came out on Monday, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer called the reporting a, quote, game changer. Adding, it shows all four witnesses Senate Democrats have requested were, quote, intimately involved and had a direct knowledge. Schumer demanded Majority Leader McConnell call Mulvaney, Bolton, Blair and Duffy to testify as the White House blocked them. Adding, Trump, Trump is so confident. Why won't you let your men testify? On Monday, Senator Susan Collins told Maine Public Radio she is, quote, open to witnesses but said it was, quote, premature to decide who should be called until we see the evidence and get answers on questions senators can submit. Collins also echoed Senator Lisa Murkowski in being critical of McConnell working closely with the White House on preparations, calling it, quote, inappropriate for members in either party to prejudge evidence. To secure witnesses at the Senate trial, Senate Democrats would need at least four Republicans to join them, Senators will return to Washington, D.C. next week. Later Monday, Trump attacked CNN host Chris Cuomo, tweeting an article from far-right Breitbart on his bloopers and adding, quote, he is fake news. He will always be Fredo to us. I would release some of his dishonest interviews. I should release some of his dishonest interviews. Trump also retweeted a doctored video first sent on November 22nd of his voice calling into Chris Cuomo in place of his mother and calling Cuomo fake news. Trump has also publicly attacked his brother, Andrew Cuomo, who's the governor of New York. On Monday, according to Nielsen Media Research, Fox News averaged 2.5 million viewers per night in 2019, the highest viewership in the network's 23-year history. Fox News was the network's most watched channel on, was the, was the network most watched on basic cable in 2019. MSNBC came in third with 1.75 million viewers and CNN came in 22nd with 972 average viewers per night. On Thursday, the New York Daily News reported former Fox reporter Courtney Friel says in a new book that before trump took office he told her she was quote the hottest one at fox news and should come to his office so we can kiss and this is what happens folks if that were like anybody else that was in office that would be a big story and trump world with all the chaos and all the noise it didn't even get just got barely any notice on saturday at least 34 governors now we're going to get into every day racism and xenophobia and what's happening with immigration. At least 34 governors including 13 Republicans were granted the power to admit refugees by the state department after citing the need for workers despite Trump's cap of 18,000 refugees in 2020. The Houston Chronicle reported Texas cities including Houston, San Francisco, excuse me San Antonio, Dallas and Austin have also opted in for refugees. Trump's drastic cuts to refugees led to the closure of more than 51 resettlement programs. On Sunday, AP reported that under Trump, asylum has become almost impossible to get. One factory worker in Honduras who applied, said he feared being killed after he was deported after eight months of going through the process. Back in Honduras, a few months later, he was shot and injured. Apprehensions along the U.S. border have plunged by more than 70% in the past six months as the Trump regime sends a message to migrants not to try it. On Monday, BuzzFeed reported a 40-year-old Frenchman died in ICE custody the fourth in fiscal year 2020 after eight died in all of fiscal year 2019. He was in custody since November 12th and died December 29th in a hospital. The House Oversight and Reform Committee said it will launch an investigation into the medical care at ICE facilities after reporting on a whistleblower account, which revealed substandard care. On Tuesday, The Washington Post reported the Trump Organization fired at least seven workers from its Virginia winery, citing their lack of legal immigration status 11 months after the company began purging undocumented workers. Two of the workers, who were fired after working at the winery for more than a decade, told the postal winery had waited until the day the work was completed, the year's work was completed, to dismiss them. Lovely. On Monday, police said they were investigating stickers spray-painted on Seth Payne Elementary School in Lake Zurich, Illinois. On Monday, the Atlantic Journal-Constitution reported the DeKalb County Police Department's Homeland Security Unit is investigating a series of anti-Semitic and anti-Muslim flyers found on homes and cars. The flyers were found in an area known for its vibrant Jewish community. One flyer described the Holocaust as a, quote, Jew lie and said Jewish people were, quote, odious creatures. And the flyer was also lined with swastikas. On Monday, West Virginia Governor Jim Justice approved a recommendation of a report calling for the firing of all the West Virginia correctional officers who, in week 160, were seen giving a Nazi salute in their graduation photo. On Monday, a survey by Third Way Joint Center found 80 percent of black voters say Trump's election has made people more racist and more likely to speak out. 55% 55% that say they now face more racism in their daily lives. On Monday, NBC News reported Aaron Charles Roy, 30, a Seattle man, was charged with a hate crime after attacking four men of Korean descent in a downtown street and striking them and shouting, I hate Chinese. That's the other thing with all these hatred people they tend to be dumb AF. Excuse me. They're not very smart. On Monday, a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit brought by former Trump national security Charles Cooperman to testify in the impeachment inquiry, saying the House had rescinded its subpoena. The case was a last long shot for the House to compel testimony in Ukraine probe. Bolton had cited this lawsuit as his rationale for not speaking publicly as a witness in the impeachment probe. So as we were reading this, we suspected we might hear more from Bolton. On Monday, in a court filing, lawyers for Peter Strzok argued the FBI and Justice Department violated his right to free speech and privacy in a lawsuit filed in August over his dismissal. The DOJ argued Strzok's role in the investigation of Trump, quote, imposed on him a higher burden of caution as it was asked to dismiss the case. Strzok said his firing leaves career officials vulnerable to firing for political speech. While the DOJ had argued Trump had nothing to do with the decision to fire Strzok, the filing quoted Trump's remarks last week, taking credit for firing Strzok and others. Oh, that Twitter feed. On Monday, AP reported Eric Prince, who was was referred to the Treasury Department for possible violations due to his trip last month to Caracas, Venezuela, which is under U.S. sanctions. Prince Prince's meeting with Venezuela's vice president was flagged as unauthorized diplomatic outreach and raised questions over whether he was there to open a secret back channel on behalf of Trump. On Monday, in a letter to Interior Secretary David Bernhardt, a coalition of 91 groups called for the removal of Bureau of Land Management Head William Pendley, as his temporary post is set to expire on Friday. Penley is a controversial figure and an odd pick by Trump based on his past comments opposing federal land ownership. And what does Trump put him in charge of? Bureau of Land Management. The letter cited his, quote, actions betray BLM's mission and demonstrate his lack of fitness to lead. On Thursday, conservative Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty asked a judge to immediately purge over 200,000 voters and find the Wisconsin Election Commission in contempt and hold a daily fine, impose a daily fine until they take those 200,000 plus voters off the voting blocks. On Thursday, a federal judge directed the Commerce Department to review and release a cache of documents, including emails and attachments sent to and from Commerce Secretary William Ross and others. The documents include roughly 20,000 pages, about 40% of what the government has previously produced. The GEOJ has argued the documents should not be released, quote, because the case has already been decided. On Monday, Secretary of State Pompeo told Fox and Friends he would definitely, definitely not rule out, he would not definitely rule out running for Senate in Kansas, but said, quote, it's not something that I want to do. On Tuesday, former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski said he would not run for Senate in New Hampshire, tweeting, I am certain I would have won, but given no explanation. On Tuesday, Trump accused Democrats of avoiding a Senate trial to protect the Bidens, tweeting, quote, the Democrats will do anything to avoid a trial in the Senate in order to protect sleepy Joe Biden. Trump also tweeted the trial would, quote, expose the millions and millions of dollars that where's Hunter and Joe Biden were paid by companies and countries for doing nothing. Adding Joe wants no part of this mess. Biden said on the campaign trail Saturday, he would defy a subpoena to testify in the Senate impeachment trial, but later clarified to say there was no legal basis for him to be called as a witness. Later Tuesday, Trump called Speaker Pelosi back at her again, the quote, most overrated person I know, saying, quote, they didn't get one Republican House vote and quote, produced no case, adding quote, so now she doesn't want it to go to the Senate. She's all lies. Now, another major story that happened as we were waking up Tuesday morning, which was New Year's Eve day, uh, was On a foreign policy front that um, thousands of supporters of Khatib Hezbollah, an Iranian-backed Iraqi militia chanting death to America, stormed entrances to the U.S. embassy in Baghdad. U.S.-trained Iraqi security forces stood by as the militia passed the green zone, hung their flags on barbed wire protecting the compound, and breached the main embassy reception area and set it on fire. The militia set up tents, saying they would not leave until the US pulled troops and diplomats out of Iraq. Diplomats and staffers huddled in a fortified safe room while the Pentagon sent reinforcements. The siege came in response to US airstrikes targeting Khatib Hezbollah, while the Pentagon blamed for a which the Pentagon blamed for a rocket attack that killed an American defense contractor on december twenty seventh. Many drew comparisons to the Iran hostage crisis in 1979 after the siege of the embassy in Tehran. Comparisons were also made to a militant group's attack on the American compound in Benghazi and Republicans' reaction. Later Tuesday, Secretary Pompeo told Fox News there were no plans to evacuate the 300-plus diplomats and staffers or 5,000 troops from Iraq told CBS News the US expected Iraqi officials to protect US facilities. On Tuesday, after attacking Biden, Trump tweeted, quote, Iran is orchestrating an attack on the US embassy in Iraq. They will be held fully responsible, adding, quote, we expect Iraq to use its forces to protect the embassy. Trump was at his Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach to play golf as a news hit. Instead of golfing 18 holes as planned, he left the club after 45 minutes to return to Mar-a-Lago. Politico reported Trump was concerned about the optics. He tweeted, quote, to those many millions of people in Iraq who want freedom and who don't want to be dominated and controlled by Iran, this is your time. Trump also tweeted, quote, very good meeting in the Middle East, the military and trade heading back to the Southern White House, Mar-a-Lago, updates throughout the day. The white house did not respond to requests about whom trump had met with at the golf course or why or why they met there rather than at mar-a-lago later tuesday trump tweeted quote the anti-benghazi then deleted and corrected the spelling the anti-benghazi the first time he spelled it b-e-n-g-a-h-z-i trump also tweeted again this is all leading up to the new year's eve celebration on Tuesday, Trump also tweeted, quote, The fake news said I played golf, and I did not, in capital letters, "NOT." I had meetings in various locations, adding, quote, The corrupt, lamestream media knew this, but, quote, Failed to report it correct or correct. Later Tuesday, Trump tweeted, quote, The U.S. Embassy in Iraq is and has been for hours safe, adding, quote, Our great war fighters and, quote, the most lethal military equipment in the world was immediately rushed to the site. Trump also tweeted, quote, Iran will be held fully responsible for lives lost or damage incurred at any of our facilities. They will pay a big in capital letters price in capital letters, adding this is not a warning. It is a threat and happy new year. Trump also quoted a lawyer on Fox News tweeting, quote, it is my opinion as a lawyer that the articles of impeachment are defective, saying they should be dismissed. Trump added a great lawyer in person. Thank you, Brad. Trump quoted another Fox News commentator. This is all happening Tuesday leading up to New Year's Eve, saying, quote, this guy struck was organizing a coup to undo the 2016 election, adding he wasn't the only one, the greatest witch hunt in American history. On New Year's Eve, Trump hosted a $1,000 a head gala in Mar-a-Lago that he personally profited from. Trump boasted to reporters, quote, We're going to have a great year, I predict, as he arrived at his party. Trump continued to defend Kim Jong-un, saying, quote, He did sign a contract, an agreement talking about denuclearization, calling him a quote, man of his word, and adding the Christmas gift Kim promised might be a beautiful vase. Trump bragged about his handling of the embassy attack, saying, quote, this will not be Benghazi. Benghazi should never have happened and said he did not war want war with Iran. But if it came to it, it, quote, wouldn't last long. Trump called impeachment a, quote, big fat hoax, saying, quote, we had, I guess, 196 to nothing with Republicans and adding, quote, we had only three Democrats come over. One actually joined our party, as you know. Trump added, we did nothing wrong. Quote, all you have to do is read the transcripts or you could, quote, go and see the president of Ukraine. He also called House Intelligence Chair Adam Schiff a corrupt politician. Trump added, quote, I think the impeachment thing, I'll call it impeachment light. It's a disgrace. And, quote, Nancy Pelosi should be ashamed of herself. She's a highly overrated person. I know her well. She's highly overrated. That's the second time Trump had said that on Tuesday. Giuliani, who was attending the celebration, told reporters, quote, I would testify. I would do demonstrations. I'd give lectures. I'd give summations or I would do what I do best. I'll try the case. I would love to try the case. (coughs) Notably, on New Year's Eve, Supreme Court Justice John Roberts delivered his annual report on the state of the judiciary in the midst of the Unprecedented rancor between the branches of government, Roberts warned, quote, we have come to take democracy for granted and civic education has fallen by the wayside, citing, quote, social media can instantly spread rumors and false information on a grand scale. Roberts warned against, quote, mob violence and said, quote, the public's need to understand our government and its protections it provides is ever more vital. The judiciary has an important role to play in civil education. Roberts called on judges to, quote, reflect on our duty to judge without fear or favor and to, quote, resolve to do our best to maintain the public's trust that we are faithfully discharging our solemn obligation to equal justice. Roberts, who has clashed with Trump on judicial independence, added, quote, we should celebrate our strong and independent judiciary, a key source of national unity and stability, but added that, quote, justice is not inevitable. Without naming him, Roberts singled out Merrick Garland for praise for his exemplary education work over two decades as a tutor at a local school, saying he was, quote, inspiring his court colleagues to join in the effort. On Wednesday, in his New Year's speech, North Korea leader Kim Jong-un declared an end to the country's moratorium on testing nuclear weapons and long-range missiles. Kim also threatened, quote, depending on the U.S. future attitude to expand the country's nuclear force and show off a, quote, new strategic weapon in the near future to, quote, shift to a shocking actual action. On Wednesday, Secretary Pompeo canceled a weekly Long trip planned to Ukraine and four other countries to stay and monitor the situation in Iraq and to, quote, ensure the safety and security of Americans in the Middle East. Former State Department officials and associates of Pompeo told The Times he is keen to make sure American diplomats are not hurt. After, as a congressman, he was one of the most scazing critics of Benghazi and Hillary Clinton. Pompeo was scheduled to meet with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky on Friday to, quote, re U.S. support for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. That would have been the first senior-level meeting since impeachment. Pompeo canceled another meeting with Zelensky planned for November as it was in the middle of the impeachment hearings. The second cancellation could add to Ukrainian suspicion that Trump has little regard for them. On Wednesday, Politico reported Trump is more comfortable and in a better mood while at Mar-a-Lago. One official described Trump as feeling liberated, with fewer staffers trying to keep away shady characters. People who surround Trump at Mar-a-Lago are described as true believers, with one Mar-a-Lago member describing it as a, quote, religious revival, saying people jump up and down and scream Trump's praises. On Wednesday, a GOP political consultant asked in an op-ed what the GOP stood for, saying, quote, a party without a governing theory, a higher purpose, or a clearer moral direction is nothing more than a cartel, a syndicate. He added, quote, the paranoid element of the party has existed for decades and warned a party that has as its sole purpose, the protection and promotion of its leader, whatever he thinks, is not on a sustainable path. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported forming Navy Navy SEAL. We've talked about Edward Gallagher, who received clemency from Trump, has capitalized on his newfound fame by launching a lifestyle clothing brand and garnering endorsements. Gallagher and his wife's online shop refers to SEALs who testified against him as, quote, mean girls. Gallagher also frequently appears on Fox News, and his lawyer said he is planning to write a book. On Thursday, Daily Beast reported Trump is considering pardoning Nicholas Slatten, an employee of Blackwater, who was convicted of first-degree murder in 2007 for the massacre in Baghdad. Blackwater was formed by Trump ally Eric Prince, who has claimed the company was railroaded in the massacre, uh, which was circulated by the American left. On Thursday, Australia declared a national emergency in New South Wales, citing brush fires which erupted two months ago are likely to get worse in the coming days amid record heat. A study by the University of Sydney warned the country's wildlife is in jeopardy, saying approximately 480 million animals have been affected in New South Wales since September. On t- on Thursday, Trump tweeted, quote, a lot of very good people were taken down by a small group of dirty, filthy cops, politicians and government officials and cited an investigation quote, illegally started and that spied in capital letters on my campaign. Trump also tweeted, quote, the witch hunt is sputtering badly, but still going on Ukraine hoax, saying if it happened to a Democrat president, quote, it would be considered the, quote, Crime of the century in all capital letters. So that's how we started Thursday. No wonder we're so exhausted. On Thursday, as those tweets were happening, Jess Security, the publication, said it was able to review the unredacted versions of emails from June until early July, previously made public under the Freedom of Information Act between the Pentagon and OMB on withholding aid. What did those unredacted versions show? They revealed the White House was warned that withholding Ukraine aid, Ukraine aid was illegal, but Trump demanded it anyway. An email from Duffy to McCaster stated, quote, clear direction from POTUS to hold. On August 26, McCaster emailed Duffy that the Senate Armed Services Committee asked about the aid, quote, has OMB directed DOD, which is the Department of Defense, DSCA to halt execution of all? If so, when? And what was the reason given? On August 27th, Secretary Esper, Defense Secretary Esper's chief of staff, emailed McCusker about the hold, citing concern from a defense contractor. She said it was, quote, difficult because OMB lawyers continue to consistently mischaracterize the process. A draft letter from the deputy defense secretary, David Norquist, to vote on August 27th stated, quote, we have repeatedly advised OMB officials that pauses beyond August eight excuse me, August 19th, 2019 jeopardize obligations of the Impoundment Control Act. Duffy emailed McCusker on September 11th to say the hold is lifted. When she asked why, Duffy responded, quote, Not exactly clear, but President made the decision to go. We'll fill you in when I get details. On Thursday, Senator Schumer called the newly revealed emails a devastating blow to McConnell's push to have the trial without documents and witnesses we've requested, saying they further implicate Trump. Schumer added the emails, quote, further expose the serious concern raised by the Trump administration officials about the propriety- and legality of the president's decision to cut off aid to Ukraine to benefit himself. Aides also told the Washington Post that Schumer and McConnell did not communicate over the holidays. McConnell said he would be unconcerned if a trial never took place. On Thursday, Pelosi quoted the Just Security article, adding, quote, Trump engaged in unprecedented total obstruction of Congress, hiding these emails, adding, quote, Why won't Trump and McConnell allow a fair trial? Later Thursday, we weren't done with reporting. BuzzFeed reported on a third batch of FBI interview notes from the Mueller probe released by the DOJ and FBI under the Freedom of Information Act. Notably, the FBI and DOJ withheld vast swaths of information, citing a number of FO, Freedom of Information Act, exemptions, including an ongoing investigation. The batch included a fully redacted 31-page interview. Even the name was redacted of that interview. Documents revealed Katie McFarlane was interviewed by the FBI under a proffer agreement in December 2017. McFarlane revised her summer interview after it was contradicted by Michael Flynn's testimony. If that's a proffer. That means you're cooperating on a criminal matter. Roger Stone, associate, Jerome Corsi told the FBI he realized he had been lying to, quote, protect his own cover story and, quote, realized the way he wanted to remember things was not actually how things happened. Michael Cohen said in a November 2018 interview, he tried to set up a meeting between Putin and Trump following the 2015 UN General Assembly at Trump Tower at Trump's behest. He Googled to find the phone number for the Kremlin. Paul Manafort said in an October 2018 interview, he believed Trump was sending him messages through Fox News host host, Sean Hannity. Manafort said Hannity told him Trump said, quote, to hang in there and that, quote, Trump had his back. Ike Cavadirez, remember him, Ike? Said Donald Jr. asked about dirt on Hillary at the June 6, 2016 Trump Tower meeting He said, Kushner asked, quote, what are we doing here? And Donald Jr. later asked, is there anything you have on Hillary? So that was all three big stories, just security, the BuzzFeed and the New York Times earlier in the week. Early Thursday, Reuters reported Iran Revolutionary Guards Commander Brigadier General Hussein Salami said, quote, We are not leading the country to war, but we are not afraid of any war. Late Thursday, Iraqi television reported Major General Qasim Salami, commander of Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, was killed by an airstrike on his convoy at Baghdad Airport. An expert told the Times Soleimani is, quote, irreplaceable and indispensable to Iran's military establishment. The strike also killed five, including Abu Maghi El mahadis a pro-Iranian chief of an umbrella group for Iraqi militias. Late Thursday, around 9.30 p.m., Trump tweeted an image of an American flag with no text and pinned it to his page. Trump had gone quiet most of the day without tweeting. Shortly after that tweet, Defense Secretary Esper confirmed that Soleimani was killed in what the Pentagon termed as a, quote, defensive action to protect U.S. personnel abroad and, quote, at the direction of the president. Esper also said in his statement that Soleimani was, quote, actively developing plans to attack American diplomats and service members in Iraq and throughout the region, but did not provide evidence or information to back his claim. Later Thursday, Pelosi spoke to Esper after getting no advance notice of the strike. She tweeted the action was, quote, taken without an authorization for use of military force and, quote, without the consultation of Congress. Later Thursday, Trump ally Senator Lindsey Graham tweeted, quote, I appreciate President Trump. Bold actions against Iranian aggression, adding, quote, to the Iranian government. If you want more, you will get more. Then on Friday morning, Graham told Fox and Friends that he was, quote, briefed about the potential operation while spending multiple days with Trump at Mar-a-Lago. The Gang of Eight, however, which Graham is not part of, was not notified. Graham added, quote, when the president brought it up to me, I was taken aback. This is what he told Fox and Friends. Quote, I'm worried about the stability of the Iraqi government today. I have no idea how they're going to respond. On Friday, threatening retaliation, Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, said in a statement, Soleimani's death was, quote, bitter, but that, quote, the final victory will make life more bitter for the murderers and criminals. On Friday, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani tweeted the flag of Soleimani will be raised and the path of resistance to U.S. excesses will continue, adding, quote, the great nation of Iran will take revenge for his heinous crime. On Friday, AP reported thousands of Iranians took to the street in terrain after morning prayer, waving posters of Soleimani and chanting death to deceitful Americans and burning Israeli flags. On Friday, Iraq, Iraqi Prime Minister, Adel Abu Mahdi condemned the assassination of Iraq's of Iraqi military leader. He was one of the other five Uh, that was killed in the strike, in addition to Soleimani, an Iraqi militia leader, calling it an act of aggression and a breach of the condition under the U.S. forces operation in Iraq. On Friday, Putin said the strike risked, quote, aggravating the situation in the Middle East. China urged restraint from all sides, quote, especially the United States, and said it was highly concerned. The European Union warned against a, quote, generalized flare up of violence. Britain, France and Germany called for stability and calm and noted Iran bore some responsibility for the escalation. Although Trump did not inform European allies, Pompeo expressed frustration at their reactions, saying they, quote, all need to understand that what we did saved lives in Europe as well. Pompeo also spoke to Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. Of course, he did. The State Department readout called the strike a, quote, decisive defensive action to protect U.S. personnel abroad, adding the U.S., quote, remains committed to de escalation. The Russian Foreign Ministry readout cited Lavrov saying, quote, targeted actions by a U.N. member state to eliminate officials of another U.N. member state. Grossly violate the principles of international law. The UK government warned Trump against launching a war against Iran and urged, quote, all parties to de escalate, adding, quote, further conflict is in none of our interests. On Friday, Netanyahu credited Trump for, quote, acting swiftly, saying the U.S. has the right to self defense as Soleimani was responsible for the death of Americans and other innocent people uh, and was, quote, planning other attacks. On Friday, the State Department advised all Americans to leave Iraq. The U.S. Embassy in Baghdad issued a statement saying that due to heightened tensions in the region, U.S. citizens should depart, depart Iraq immediately. On Friday, Trump sent a series of morning tweets. His first communication with the American people after the strike, Trump tweeted, quote, Iran never won a war, but never lost a negotiation. It was unclear what he meant. Trump also tweeted, "General Soleimani was killed or badly wounded. Has killed or badly wounded thousands of Americans over an extended period of time, and was plotting to kill many more, but got caught." Trump added, "He was directly and indirectly responsible for the deaths of millions, including a recent large number of protesters in capital letters killed in Iran." I mean, he should have been taken out many years ago. So the thing, as you're reading these tweets, Trump thought, this is reminding me of the Comey situation, that people in Iran would be happy that he had taken out the second basically in charge in their country, uh, a beloved general. Trump also tweeted, the United States has paid Iraq billions of dollars a year for many years and added, quote, the people of Iraq don't want to be dominated and controlled by Iran, but ultimately that is their choice. On Friday, American oil workers fled Iraq 16 years after the U.S. invasion of Iraq. Iran is a dominant power. Anti-government prot- protesters who were protesting Iran's influence feared their efforts would be stifled. So just in some context, protesters in Iraq had been protesting Iran's involvement in their country. But now, after this strike, everyone is on the side against the United States. On Friday, McConnell returned to D.C. and spoke from the Senate floor, calling it a, quote, fantasy that Pelosi can, quote, hand design the trial proceedings. At adding he will conduct Senate business until he gets he will conduct the business until he gets articles of impeachment. McConnell defended his coordination of the quote trial mechanics with the White House, comparing it to Schumer, quote, openly coordinating political strategy with the Speaker. McConnell added, their turn is over, and quote, they've done enough damage. When asked by reporters if he will meet with Schumer, about the trial, he said he already, quote, addressed all of the relevant issues and remarks. So, again, just to put in perspective, folks, Schumer and McConnell did not talk or meet at all about the Senate trial on impeachment. Schumer spoke next, saying McConnell, quote, hasn't given one good reason why there shouldn't be relevant witnesses or relevant documents, and, quote, instead of trying to find the truth, he is still using the same feeble talking points. Schumer added, quote, I'm a member of the Gang of Eight, which is typically briefed in advance of operations of this level of significance, saying the regime should not only look, quote, to your inner and often insulated circles. Shortly after, Pelosi said in the statement, quote, Today, Leader McConnell made clear that he will feebly comply with President Trump's cover-up of his abuses of power and being an accomplice to that cover-up. Pelosi added, quote, McConnell is doubling down on his violation of the oath, even after the exposure of new deeply incriminating documents this week, and quote, the American people deserve the truth. On Friday, a federal judge ruled Lev Parnas while this was all happening. Lev Parnas can turn over documents and data seized by federal investigators when Parnas was arrested in October to the House Intelligence Committee as part of the impeachment inquiry. So again, folks, there's still more information coming out about impeachment, even as even after the House voted on the two articles. On Friday, a federal appeals court in Washington heard arguments from the DOJ and House Democrats in two separate two separate separation of power lawsuits relating one to Don McGahn testifying and two to Mueller grand jury materials. The court held back-to-back hearings spanning three hours and did not announce a decision in either case. However, based on questioning, it appeared the House had a stronger case on the grand jury materials in the Mueller probe. The judge asked the House lawyer, quote, are you here to say that there may be a third article of impeachment relating to the Mueller probe? To which he responded, yes, that's on the table, there is no doubt. On Friday, Trump quoted Christopher Bedford, a Federalist senior editor, tweeting, quote, there is nothing new in these emails at all that's been discovered. It's exactly what we knew before. Trump continued, quote, Trump wanted to to question aid to a number of different places that he thought were wasteful. And, quote, Democrats' argument for impeachment has gotten stronger over the last few weeks, has not gotten stronger over the last few weeks. On Friday, in a series of tweets, Vice President Mike Pence defended Trump, falsely linking Soleimani to the 9-11 attacks, tweeting he, quote, assisted in the clandestine travel to Afghanistan of 10 of the 12 terrorists. Hence, also inaccurately described the number of terrorists as 12, while the correct number is 19. Scholars noted Al-Qaeda is a radical Sunni group whose members consider Shiites to be apostles. Soleimani is a Shiite. On Friday, the Pentagon said it was prepared to deploy an additional 35 soldiers to the region. The soldiers joined the 650 there already. Just to put that into some context, a few weeks ago, we were talking about Trump getting our boys out of, North, out of Syria uh, and abandoning our allies, our current allies, who are, he left for slaughter by Turkey. Now he's sending another 3,500 soldiers due to his killing of Soleimani. On Friday, Senator Tim Kaine introduced a War Powers Resolution to force Trump to cease hostilities without approval from Congress after 10 days king can force a full senate vote on his motion without being blocked later friday trump told reporters at mar-a-lago that he authorized the strike because soleimani was plotting quote imminent and sinister attacks on americans saying quote we caught him in the act and terminated him trump also said that soleimani should have been taken out by his predecessors and quote we took action last night to stop a war we did not take action to start a war Trump also urged Iran not to retaliate. Trump also said after spending almost all of his time in the office, trashing U.S. intelligence agencies and taking the word of foreign governments over them, that America has, quote, the best intelligence in the world. On Friday, Russian state media blamed Trump's impeachment for assassination of Soleimani, which it described as a, quote, terrorist act and claimed Trump may have been, quote, set up by U.S. intelligence. Hours later, AP reported Iraqi officials and Iranian-backed militias in Iraq claimed a second deadly airstrike killed five members of a popular mobilization force met a convoy. U.S. officials denied involvement. Later Friday, in a speech to his evangelical Christian base in Miami, Trump told the crowd, quote, evangelical Christians of every denomination and believers of every faith have never had a greater champion. Trump brought Sissy Graham Lynch, the granddaughter of Billy Graham, the founder of Christianity Today, to the stage in a rebuke to the editorial for his removal. Uh, she vowed to help Trump win re-election. Trump spoke briefly about the strike, saying Soleimani was, quote, planning a very major attack. And we got him adding, quote, as president, I will never hesitate to defend the safety of the American people. Trump said he would renew the importance of religion and family, toughen restrictions on on abortion, and, quote, safeguard students and teachers' First Amendment rights to pray in our schools. Trump jabbed at his 2020 opponents, again referring to Senator Elizabeth Warren as a "Rachel Slur Pocahontas, and saying we cannot let the, quote, radical left win as, quote, everything we've done will soon be gone in short order. Friday was also the last day for Christianity Today editor Mark Galley, who is retiring. Galley told The Times he was shocked by the response to his op-ed, which crashed the magazine's website. Galley said he was, quote, surprised by the ethical naivete of the response I've been receiving to the editorial, saying there seems to be, quote, widespread ignorance about the gravity of Trump's moral failings. Galley also said, quote, people wrote to me and said they had felt all alone and were waiting for someone in evangelical leadership to speak up. And a quote, a lot of people were feeling alone and they're not feeling that way anymore. Galley added some of Trump's closest followers are, quote, being discipled by him, saying, quote, they're taking their cues on how to react to the public square from Donald Trump, whose basic response is to denigrate people. Later Friday, Trump retweeted conservative commentator Dinesh Suzi, comparing Schumer to Iran and the reason for not getting advance notice, saying, quote, neither were the Iranians and for pretty much the same reason. On Friday, Daily Beast reported Trump's Trump told friends and allies at Mar-a-Lago over the past several days that he was working on a, quote, big response to the Iranian regime and they would hear or read about it very soon. Later Friday, the New York Times reported in a terse response to its Freedom of Information Act request, the White House said it would not turn over 20 emails between Blair and Duffy, in which they discussed withholding aid, even with redactions. In a letter, the White House Freedom of Information Act officer cited an exemption for correspondence involving the president's staff, saying it would, quote, inhibit the frank and candid exchange of views and government decision-making. On Friday, Republican Representative Phil Rowe said he will not seek re-election for another term, becoming the 25th Republican to do so. Rowe was the ranking member of the House Veterans Affairs Committee. On Saturday, Yale psychiatrist Bandy Lee urged Pelosi to request a 72-hour mental hold on Trump following the Iran attack, saying a, quote, mental health hold, which we have tried to avoid, will become inevitable. Lee said mental health professionals foresaw this type of event as Trump's, quote, response to the impeachment proceedings, just as his pulling troops from northern Syria was a direct response to the announcement of an impeachment inquiry. On Saturday, the Washington Post reported thousands mourned at a funeral procession for Soleimani, chanting, death to America, death to Israel, and, quote, we will take revenge, an Iranian commander quoted by the Tasman News Agency vowed retaliation, saying dozens of American and Israeli facilities and military assets in the Middle East were at risk. On Saturday, NATO suspended its Iraqi training mission, saying, quote, The safety of our personnel in Iraq is paramount. We continue to take all precautions necessary. On Saturday, a SurveyMonkey poll found two of the Republicans' top four choices for whom they would consider voting in the 2024 presidential election are Trump's children, Donald Jr. and Ivanka. Whew, quite a week, folks. Um, we are seemingly going to war to change the subject on the impeachment probe and all the news coming out related to impeachment. Hate to say we saw this coming, but history is repeating itself. Stay informed and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.